Hi, and welcome to the Ready to Talk podcast. I am your host, Trixie, aka The Thoughtful Beast. Today, Lily is on to talk about chronic pain and mental health. I'm really happy that Lily came on to talk about her experiences because I don't think many people think about the mental toll constant physical pain can have on a person. So let's listen. Hi, my name is Lillian. I'm 27 years old. I uh, was born in San Diego, but I was raised in Tijuana. So I'm bilingual. My accent is a little bit funny. Um, I am a dancer, a dance teacher, and um, I've been dancing my whole life since I was three. I started teaching around the age of 16, 17. My mom used to own a preschool, so I was a dance teacher there. When I graduated high school, I decided I wanted to be a professional dancer and teacher. Um, so I trained in Tijuana with the dance company Lux Boreal. But actually before that, I used to go to San Diego to take um, summer workshops with San Diego Dance Theater. Um, that's how um, I know Trixie from the work study program in San Diego Dance Theater. And so um, around 2017 or 18, uh, I, I entered the work study program and then um, I became like an intern kind of thing, office assistant and um, then teaching artists for like uh, third graders and um, an outreach program, which I enjoyed a lot. And um, that's basically it. <laughs> I dance and I teach. And now I am thinking on starting a business. Um, ah! I, do, I do have a dancewear, dancewear brand, but I haven't worked on it a lot. But oh, now wow. I have the time. So, yeah. I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, Lillian, you are here today to talk. Um, to us about, oh my gosh, I'm trying to say um, <laughs> chronic pain and mental at the same time. I'm like, Monic, um, about chronic pain and mental health. Can you um, define what chronic pain is to those, for those who don't know what it is? So chronic pain is basically pain that you have had for more than six weeks to months to years. Um, and uh, the main reason for chronic pain is inflammation or it, it can be um, dysfunctional like nerve, 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 nerve neurological um, um, system dysfunction, something like that. Um, it affects people in many different ways, but is you wanna go and how it affected me. <laughs> yeah, no, so uh, I definitely do, I do, yes. Okay. So Lillian, I asked her on here because she has chronic pain. So if you could tell us a little bit about that. And I brought her on because a lot of people don't think of chronic pain and young people, like Lily said, she's 27, but she has chronic pain. So please tell us about that. Yeah, so I've been, having this pain since 2017. Um, it started, actually 2016, it started during the summer. Um, 
after I finished a uh, summer intensive, um, I started having like lower back pain. So I was like, oh, maybe it's because of all the training. It was a lot of work, this and that. So I went for massages. I went every week and um, it, it got it got worse. Um, so when I was driving, I couldn't drive for more like than 20, 25 minutes. My legs would go numb. Like oh, wow. there, there was like all this like ting tingling down my legs all the way to my feet. Um, so I decided to go to the doctor and they sent me to a chiropractic, uh, chiropractor. Um, so I went and he was like, oh yeah, we're going to fix this, blah, blah, blah. So I went for weeks or months, I think, and it didn't help. So my primary doctor decided to, um, send me for an MRI. So there it showed that I had like a bulk disc. Um, so like my L4, L5 were like almost like together, but also there was like something like, like the disc was like coming out. But oh no. yeah, but they said that it was not that big to consider it like something that was a big deal. So, and because I was young, it maybe it was going to fix, it was going to get fixed by itself or something like that. So I was sent to physical therapy. Um, so I went to physical for physical therapy for, I think eight weeks. It didn't help. It got worse. Like it went from my lower back all the way up, like my whole spine. Um, so when it got like, when the pain got to like the cervical area, the same thing that happened with my legs, like the tingling and everything as I was driving or sitting, I couldn't be like, I stopped going to the movies. I stopped going to shows cause I, I couldn't be sitting down. Um, so the same thing happened with my arms. So now it was my spine, my arms and my legs and my feet. <laughs> And how did you feel at this point with a doctor saying like, oh, it's fine. It's going to fix itself. I was so frustrated. I was so frustrated. I changed my primary doctor so many times. Um, I got so tired of telling the story over and over. Uh, just getting uh, at first it was ibuprofen for the pain or they would suggest Tylenol or yeah like after hearing all the story like knowing that i couldn't sleep i couldn't drive i i had pain while i was dan dancing or walking so like pain all the time they they even like suggested tylenol after i told the story so i was so frustrated <laughs> i was um, so mad like tylenol does not fix your limbs going numb <laughs> I know. So I got ibuprofen. I went like from the lower dose to up to 800. Um, some doctors would tell me like, oh, no, because of your weight and your size, you can't get more than this dose, blah, blah, blah. So I was just uh, managing the pain. Just like I was in pain all day. So I... It was so hard. Like I, I started like carrying ice packs with me, like on a lunch bag, 
um, or heating pads or like my foam roller was my best friend because like I would or I would be like driving and I would have to stop, get off the freeway and stretch because right. that's how the pain it was. Um, so, yeah, it was it was pretty intense. So uh, I was sent to pain management. I got like injections in my spine for the pain. It didn't it didn't help. Um, what else? I was sent to the neurologist to have some tests. So they were like. Uh, put like these needles on my legs to see if the nerves were working fine. And I mean, I'm a dancer. I have a high tolerance for pain. So doctors would be amazed like, oh my God, you say you're in pain, but you don't feel this. And I'm like, I'm a dancer. I can dance (laughs) Um, in pain. So I have a high tolerance for pain, but that doesn't mean I'm not in pain inside. So my pain went from being on one part of my body to be what I started calling global pain. So anytime a doctor would ask me like, where's your pain? I was like, it's global pain, it's everywhere. And it was funny, well, now I say it's funny, but um, when I went to PT, cause I went so many places for PT and I see, I saw so many physical therapists, um, they were great, but that was not the problem. Um, they make you like, there's this like, picture of a body and they tell you to yeah where's the pain and how it is so it's like the options are like pins and needles aching burning so I had all the options everywhere oh no so I think I I I don't know where it is but I, I know I have the picture so it was so it was so like like now I say it's funny but then it was like when I gave it to like the PT or the receptionist, they were like, are you kidding me? And they would look at me and they were like, oh, but you're fit. Oh, but you're, um, you're young. So that doesn't make any sense. Um, so uh, then I think the worst part of the pain, like I, I never, ha- well, before my chronic pain started, my mom, um, has suffered her whole life from migraines Mm. and she would like have to go. And I know, you know how that is like in a dark room, no noises, no sense. Cause like the sense are triggers for her and this and that. So when I started with migraines, that was like the, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. Like I, I can handle any pain. I think like I, I, I could even handle like an open wound, but like headaches or migraines for me were like the, the worst. the worst yeah mm-hmm. so I had a great neurologist he was the best he was like he was the one that said you have chronic pain you have chronic fatigue you are depressed you need to see uh you need to go to therapy like right away and because like I would cry every doctor visit like I would I was so frustrated I was so frustrated because I didn't have any answers you know yeah if like I needed an answer, I needed a treatment, I needed something like what it is that I have. Like I, I couldn't sleep. Um, I would, I would sleep maybe an hour or two. Lucky if I slept three hours, um, I would go to sleep like crying in pain. I would wake up in pain. I would have to like 
instead like get out of bed like two hours before I had to get out of the house because I had to like stretch and do like this whole routine to just like get me up on my feet so it was it was hard that sounds awful too because it's like you're in so much pain you're looking for answers and it feels like a lot of what you said is that people just didn't believe you like they looked at you and you're just like they just dismissed it because you were very young and you danced yeah yeah also the dancing part was was something that they would say like well just stop dancing and I was like that's my career (laughs) that's what I do for a job there 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 was even a doctor who told me well maybe you chose the wrong profession why like stone cold like what the hell like I can't fix so basically it was just like I can't fix you so just you just stop everything you're doing yeah just change your life I can't do it so Mm -hmm. you like that's so dumb Mm -hmm. like and they didn't even have a diagnosis so it's just like I'm gonna stop because you can't figure out what's wrong with me like Mm -hmm. that's not good enough Mm -hmm. by any means yes Yes. I think I told him, well, maybe you're in the wrong profession too or something like that. Yeah, good. <laughs> but it, it eventually I did. I did stop dancing. Um, it was so hard after maybe two, two years and a half of um, checking all these um, specialists and um, not getting answers. I was like, okay, maybe I'll give it a try maybe I'll stop dancing. So I stopped. And I think that's when my mental health was like, because dance was the only thing, like dance was my therapy kind of thing. Um, at that point, like, like I've been dancing my whole life and that's how I express and create. And like, that's what I do, you know? So not having that was so hard but also now that I turned back and see it was good because I think a couple days ago I read something that said physical pain distracts you from your emotional pain Mm -hmm. so it was true it was true I was I was I was going through so much and the pain kept me like away from looking in and and say like okay where is this coming from um where's the root where's where did it started for real um and it went back all the way to my childhood i've been anxious my whole life i am afraid of the dark i cannot sleep in a in a dark room um oh my gosh that's so hard with migraines yeah because you're like uh, (laughs) like oh so so since i since i can remember uh i've I've been afraid of the dark and i've been afraid of uh, of some someone coming into my house and like hurt me or something like that and my mom used to say like well nothing has happened to you I don't know why you have this anxiety where it's coming from. So we used to like check all the doors, all the locks, but I would still not be able to sleep on my own. 
I slept with my sisters. Like I would sneak on their rooms, like in the middle of the night and they would get so mad. Um, now one of my sisters, um, like after realizing like how much anxiety I've been dealing with my whole life, she even apologized. She was like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. You're my little sister. And I didn't help you. I didn't, I didn't know that you were going through that. I didn't even know. I was just like, Oh, I'm a little girl afraid of the dark, but I didn't know that was anxiety. And I didn't know that anxiety can lead to physical pain, like all this tension that you, that you carry, like, it's it's tension all over the yeah, body and it man and it can be so strong and i'm so glad you brought that up because i don't think that people know that like mm-hmm. mental health issues like mental illness can definitely become so physical especially like anxiety like like you said like you're so tense all the time and you're so you know like like the fear aspect of anxiety like that just means like your adrenaline is running so yeah. much all the time when like your you know your adrenal glands can't just keep pumping mm-hmm. like that's not healthy and then when it does like it definitely it obviously affects your body mm-hmm. and so did you go when your neurologist suggested that you go into therapy is is that what you did yes yes so i started going to therapy um uh one one on one and all also I joined a uh, a group therapy. So the one one on one it was in um San Diego and the group therapy was in, in Tijuana. My sister a cousin went and then my and then my sister told me like hey you should go maybe with like help you to like open um and I don't know or figure like so basically, the group therapy was about um, codependence, codependency, um, and it helped me so much. It helped me to realize what was my role in my family, and I always, even though I'm the younger, the youngest one, uh, I was always trying to be the hero, um, always trying to help everybody, always trying to please everybody, even though it was it, it, that meant like doing things like not according to my values or the way that I, I carry myself. So that helped me a lot. Um, I learned about boundaries. <laughs> oh, boundaries. And mostly. And the most, the most, yeah, the most hard part was to like learn how to set boundaries with the people that are closest to you meaning family and partners and well partner (laughs) um friends um so yeah boundaries that was a big change for me and learning how to say no did you practice saying okay so like i was in this group therapy thing like along with my one-on-one therapy thing for dialectical behavior therapy and they literally had us practice saying no to each other like and it was so it was so like group therapy is super funny right because you all like you want to be there you're also all really uncomfortable like you know it's like weird and then like they like had us practicing like saying no to each other like one person had to practice asking for things and the okay. other person had to practice saying no. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, wait, <laughs> like no one wants to do anything. Yeah. What did you, um, what did you learn? What skills did you practice for saying no? Mm. 
Well, just saying, um, I, that's not what I want. Or in this moment, um, I, I would love to help you, but I have to set my priorities, um, in order to like benefit me before others. So, Mm -hmm. um, but like, for me, it was like mostly social events that I started to say no because I have a big family. Like people will have birthdays every weekend or baby showers or weddings or this or that. And I was in so much pain and I had um, chronic fatigue that I had to choose between going to a social event for a couple hours and then being in pain the rest yeah. of the day, you know, so... Um, so I started to say no to that. Also, I used to work at this um, dance academy, music music and dance academy. And um, I, I was the only dance teacher and I tried really hard to become kind of like a administrator or director of the side of dance because the owner didn't know anything about dance. He was a musician. Oh. And he would love my ideas. He would say yes. And then he would change his mind. And at the end, I would end up doing stuff for him that I didn't really wanted to do because he was not giving me the, like, the place or the job title that I wanted, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was a big change for me because I started saying no to him. Like, I used, I, I used to, like, answer his calls, like, at any time or his texts or do stuff that I was not supposed to do and I stopped like answering or I would say hey uh we'll talk once my shift starts or today I don't work let's talk tomorrow you know so that's such a things that's such a wonderful improvement because there's so many people out there who just like unfortunately will take advantage of the fact that you're a hard worker (laughs) and like it's so hard because as a dancer you know you're just taught like you do it you're going to do it. Like someone gave you directions, you're going to do it. And that like can be a really great thing and can make you a wonderful worker, but it can also unfortunately sometimes lead to people like taking advantage of that fact. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was me. Cause I, I used to be like, I started like my first job was in retail and I remember like people saying like, Oh, I'm not going to do that. Cause that that's not in my job description. And I would say like, but why can't you do it? Like I would do it. No, like, let's say there was something like on the floor and they would say like, Oh no, that's not my job. And I would pick it up or whatever. Like I'm that kind of person that I would do stuff for other people yeah, just because I like to help. And, but I, I, I had to start seeing that that was not the best. Um, way for me to behave because it was affecting my my wellness my everything (laughs) yeah so when you when you started getting diagnosed and you started getting help um you started realizing that it was affecting your physical body as well yes and can you tell us a little bit about that so, well, a good example is I think the migraines because I 
I was overthinking or um, I, I would care a lot of what others think about me and that would like stress me out so much that or trying to control things that I cannot control because I can only control myself. <laughs> so um, that kind of thing, uh, same stress like would affect my spine. Um, and Oh, so you're saying the stress, like your mental stress made your flare ups work, like the inflammation work worse? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, uh. yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I I started like having this like journal where I would write down like almost like literally everything that I did or say or think <laughs> cuz before like a feeling or an emotion there's a thought. Well, that's how I think. Um so so I literally like at this journal where I, I, I had like a, like, kind of like a itinerary. Is that how you say it? Like every hour I would, yeah, oh, like yeah. a schedule, like every hour I would write down like, oh, I was doing this or thinking this and I was feeling fine. And then this happened and this body part started hurting. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, definitely therapy helped uh, for a good couple months. Then um, I was suggested by, I think, my neurologist to talk to my therapist and see if it was a good um, choice or if he could send me to the psychiatrist because he thought that a medication, like a, if the psychiatrist would prescribe a specific medication that would help with my pain, with my like neuro neurological pain. Mm -hmm. But uh, that didn't happen. Um, so I went on months with just like handling the pain in the way that I, I was just like trying things, you know, um, changing habits, um, the way I, the way I was eating, the way I was, um, resting, like I said, I, st I stopped dancing. I, I continued teaching. But uh, also, like, my love and my passion for teaching was not the same because mm -hmm. uh, I was in pain, you know. So um, I, it was so uncertain because, like, I could be, like, I could, I, let's say one day I woke, I woke up, I was feeling fine, but then I had to drive. I live in Tijuana, so I have to drive like, let's say 15 minutes to the border. Then I will wait like maybe 10 to 20 minutes. And then I, I had to drive 10, 10 minutes to Chula Vista. So by the time I was at work, 
something would hurt. So it was a good day, but then I had to drive and be seated and wait and that would change the whole thing. Yeah. That effect. So there was there was one time that that happened. Um, so I was feeling so great. I was thinking this is a great day. It's going to be great. This and that. Um, I get to work. I was in so much pain. Like, I think I was, I was on the freeway and everything was hurting and I had like a breakdown. Like, um, so by the time I got to work, I was like crying. I was parked outside, outside work and I was crying. Like I could not stop crying. And it was like 10 or maybe less. 10 minutes or less um, from the time that I had to um, start teaching. So I text my boss and I say, I'm in pain. I'm in the car. I'm crying. I cannot stop. (laughs) And he's like, okay, it's fine. You don't have to teach. He knew about like my chronic pain and stuff, but he's um, his position was like, Oh, but everybody, everybody's stressed. Everybody is in pain. Everybody has something. So this is an easy job. Just smile and do it. That was. Yeah. He, he used to say that like all the time. So there was a point where I stopped telling him how I really felt Mm -hmm. because it was like, I know the answer I'm going to get from him. So what's the point? So if he would ask, like, how are you? I would say, oh, I'm fine. Um, so that day I was crying and I told him that I, I, I couldn't teach. And he was like, okay, it's fine. I'll tell the parents, but you have to come down, um, come to my office. We can talk and uh, then you can go home. But um, just relax a little bit, something like that. So I went to his office and... Same thing happened. He said, like, he basically said to make this short, fake it till you make it. My babe! That's, this is why, like, people don't know why people are in pain, physical or mental, because mm-hmm. of reactions and beliefs like that. And the thing is, like, you know, we've heard that with, like, we're artists, right? It's a lot of fake it till you make it. But it's like, uh, you can't fake unhappiness until you become happy. You can't fake being healthy and then all of a sudden you're healthy. Like, that's so ridiculous. Like, and so fucked up. That's just fucked up. (laughs) Like, that's, that's it. It's fucked up. It is. Yeah. Um, It didn't help me at all. Like, I was... I was even more upset after that. Um, So I faked that I was okay so I could get out of there. Um, I got out and I went straight to the hospital. Um, And uh, by then, I, what was it? This was last year. Um, I can tell you that I did have suicidal thoughts because of the pain that I was in. Yeah. So that's what I said when I got to the hospital. Like, I was like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. But because of the physical pain that I am in, 
I wanted to clarify that, you know, it was not like I want to die. It was, I want the pain to stop. Yeah. But of course they didn't, they didn't wrote, wrote it down the way I said it. They would, they just wrote down. She's suicidal and she's in pain. (laughs) So uh, I had to stay for three days, but it turned out good because I got the medication that I needed for the pain and that changed the whole, the whole thing. It helped me so much. So I started medication for, for anxiety and depression. And I have to say that years, if you would tell me like, you're going to take medication for this in let's say five years, I wouldn't believe you. Cause like before I wouldn't believe in medication for depression and anxiety. I would, I, I just, because I, I didn't know that I was, I was experiencing that. Like, um, so medication is (laughs) good. Medication is good. Medication can change a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's so much like stigma around it. And there's so much like, you know, like in both our cultures and a lot of people's cultures, like mental health also isn't a thing. And then like, then why would you take any sort of medication for something that's not a thing? Mm-hmm. You know, and then but like, without like, you know, like medication has helped me as well, too. And I remember like, I didn't want to take it when it was first offered to me, I was like, I don't think this is necessary. Like, I don't think that seems really extreme, but the thing is like, it's not really extreme. Like some of our bodies need it. And that Mm -hmm. it just, that's all, that's as simple as that. But because it's so heavily stigmatized, people don't get the help they need. Like even doctors won't like sometimes like won't believe in the mental health aspect of things and they'll keep you from medication and getting therapy even. Yes. Yes, it's so true cuz like now I look back and I'm like, "Oh my god, I went I went through so many specialists and the, it was the last specialist and neurologist that I saw who suggested like, "Hey, go to therapy." Um and then my psychiatrist was the best. He was Japanese, but he used to live in Mexico, so he speaks Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> and he was the best cuz he he didn't like well he prescribed the medication but every time I went to see him he asked me like how's dance are you still dancing don't stop dancing I'm like well yeah I'm taking it like little by little um he's like yeah don't stop dancing that's what you need to do because if you keep dancing you're gonna be in in a better mood and then your depression and anxiety and your stress are gonna go low and I just loved I just loved his treatment because he was like so human yeah and understanding understanding yeah like it's so hard like people I feel like it's so easy for people to dismiss dance because it's just like well you're just dancing just stop dancing like that's silly and you're like what like fuck you man we're just breathing just stop breathing breathing. like you're fine you don't need air and you're just like okay well okay so how is your pain now then like how has it changed it's changed in so radical like 
this was when I started taking medication was um, last year in April. So in May, I went back to dancing. Um, Todd just called me one morning and said, hey, this there's a performance and I need a dancer. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And it was, I think, Mother's Day. Um, so I did it. I performed without even like training. <laughs> it was it was a social dance, so it was not hard. Um, but after that, I I started going to um, the aging creatively, well, the senior dance classes, and it helped me so much because uh, it, it was like learning how to dance again. It was like going back to a beginning level after like I was dancing like three four days a week with, with like pre-professional, professional dancers. Um, so that helped me greatly, like going back to dance. Um, there were so many changes after, like after my mood was like better, it was, it was like magic. It was like, it was like seeing the world with different eyes. Like it changed my perspective, like everything. Um, so that was May. Then I, I started taking care of, um, a dog who's, um, it was, it was my sister's. Um, but then she got married and the dog stayed at my parents' house and she was just there. And I'm not, I was not a dog person. I have a cat. Um, but she was so old and she was blind and she could barely walk. And I was like, you know what? I told my parents, I'm going to take it to my home, to my apartment. And I'm just going to give her whatever she wants to eat. And I'm going to let her like die in peace. Yeah. Well, I still have her. Like I took her. Oh. her. <laughs> it's been a year. I gave her so much love and she gave me so much love. Like I always tell her, like you saved me. Cause like taking care of her, like it just, I don't know. Like it changed like, my my way of like I don't know it just changed a lot for me like I'm so thankful to her um and she's still with me she's 17 years old Uh, (laughs) what kind of dog is it she's a chihuahua yeah um so that happened um I I went back to dancing in the summer. Um, I auditioned for trolley. I danced in trolley. I was in so much pain in trolley. It was oh, yeah? the adre- yeah, it was the adrenaline like letting me do those shows. But I was in so much pain. Like after every day of trolley, I would like go to my friend's house. I was staying with my friend in San Diego and like take a bath and have like all these kind of like therapies like. Epsom salt and rub my whole body in like things for pain and like patches, like pain patches. I was in so, so much pain, but also it was because of the weather. The weather also affects my, my pain. So really, is it heat? No, it's um, when it rains and when it's cold. So I think, I think it rained one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that day, like, oh my god, I would, I couldn't stop moving. Like between shows, I had to like keep moving and foam rolling and massage and stuff because I was in so much pain. And it was ironic because P- 
people would look at me and would say like, oh my God, you look so great. Yeah, you did. You did look great. You look great. My family were like so emotional because they went, well, my sister was like my strongest um, support. Um, And they were so impressed of like seeing me like dance so strongly because I was so weak. Like, um, it was, it was amazing. Um, so after that, I would still be in pain like every other date. So it went from being every day, all day to like, maybe just a couple hours in the morning and then in the afternoon, maybe at night. Um, so then every other day, and then I would just have like, flare-ups because of stress or the weather or my eating habits because I love soda and coffee (laughs) 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 and they're not good for me so um I started like eating better um well at least tried to So that helped a lot also with the inflammation, like the way you eat helps a lot with the inflammation in your body, even to like, even for a healthy person, you know, they would, they would know, like if they eat something, they would feel like bloated or something or something would hurt, you know? Um, And also there was another thing that changed um, in November. I went to this retreat. So I remember telling my sister, like, when I was in pain, like, I just want to go to like the desert or to an island and just like not have to think about anything or like just be with myself, something like that. And I think the next day she was like, hey, there's this retreat. We are Catholic and my sister and I are like pretty close and we share a lot um, like worship, the music and stuff and um we read the bible a lot and stuff like that so i went to this retreat and it was all women and uh i loved it and it gave me so much peace and it uh made me it made me like like focus a lot on my faith and like for me like i believe that prayer has like a like a really strong powerful um way to help so I, I think since November, I think November, December, it was when um, I did this thing, like kind of like a plan. So I prayed for like thir- 33 days and with my sister and stuff like that. Um, and that has helped me greatly, like, cause like focusing on my spirituality, like in general mm-hmm. and uh meditation and you know like taking care of me and make sure that I am in peace yeah you know so for sure like prayer like even if you're not religious like you have to like it is meditative Mm -hmm. like it's meditative and it's like a way of coping and focusing your energy on something and like what you said like having peace and everyone wants peace religious or not like yeah religious or not yourself like Mm -hmm. spirituality is very important religious or not like and I'm so glad that you found that and it helped you so much because like 
obviously you are a strong fucking person like living in pain every day is no joke like even if you were like and it reduced to like the mornings and maybe like the evenings and now it's like every other day and I'm like I don't think I could live like that you know yeah. like you're so strong and like that's your life and you've like you know you've made it work for yourself but like yeah like having prayer and like your religion to hold on to and draw strength like that's beautiful and that's wonderful because like you deserve to have that peace and that's what gives you peace it should give you peace <laughs> like yeah like go with it because life yeah. is really hard yeah yeah so I forgot to to say that the pain that I was mostly in I so people can have like an idea it's like when you're gonna get a cold like that soreness like in the body like you know like that aching kind of thing that's how I felt every day all day and everywhere everywhere <laughs> so when when it gradually like went away it was so amazing because I now I can drive without pain now I can play with my nieces and nephews like that would make me so sad because I always tell them they're my best friends and they laugh because they're like three and five and seven. Um, <laughs> but like I stopped playing with them. Like I was tired of the, all the time. Also with my little students, um, like I said, like teaching, I had to take a break from teaching. Actually, I took maybe five or six months because I was not enjoying it. And that was not fair for them. And yeah. Teaching little kids is a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Like It just has to be. And it was so hard because that was my first kind of like official teaching job. Um, and my students like were with me like since the beginning. So I worked there for five years and I had students that started at the age of 18 months and they were like five or six when I left. So it was so hard. And like the moms would text me and say like, they don't want any other dance teacher. Like, <laughs> I've been, yeah, like I took, I took her to many schools and they're like, no, they're not Miss Lily. So I was so sad, but I had to do it for myself. Yeah. And yeah. for them, cause it was not yeah. fair. Yeah, no, yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. That was definitely like the best choice you could have made for yourself mm -hmm. and for them for sure. Yeah, for sure. My gosh. So like, so you have been dancing. Okay, obviously before coronavirus. Um, you were taking class more. And honestly, if you didn't tell me that you were in so much pain during trolley dances, I would have never known. Mm. Like, never. Like, you look like everyone else. Like, you were strong. Like, that dance was hard. It was oh. a lot of like, just... I was like, damn, we're just doing inversion and physical <laughs> tricks. All right, get it. <laughs> the, first like, day yeah. of, the first day of rehearsal, I, I almost gave up. Like, I almost quit. I was like, this is too hard for me. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to do it. I was, I was this close. I was so close of saying, I can't do it. And I don't know when was that I decided that I was going to do it because <laughs> as soon as the choreographer started saying oh yeah you're going to need knee pads and shoulder pads I was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm You're like, oh my god, it's the best physical one! You guys like... Because at the audition, it was said that it was going to be... Yeah, at the audition, it said that it was going to be improv, and it was not. <laughs> it was not. None of that was improv. You guys did a lot on the floor, upside down, crawling on each other. In you concrete. guys flipped each other. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember when, like, because you know you had that flip thing, like everyone got flipped down the way. I remember seeing you and I was like, damn, Lily, get it. And I was like, that's why I would have never guessed that you were in pain because mm-hmm. I would think that if you were in pain, there's no way you're doing that mm-hmm. because it was a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, I I learned very well how to hide it, like mostly for work. And actually, that's the other thing. Like there was a point where I had three jobs and I was in so much pain, but I didn't want to focus on my pain. And that's why I try to be busy all the time. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, like, this is not good for me. Yeah. So I went from three to just one. And that also helped a lot. Yeah. That's hard, man. Especially because, like, you, yeah, you're a dancer. You're a person Mm -hmm. who has been, you've been dancing your whole life. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it is to be active your whole life and then forced to be not active. Mm -hmm. Like, that's super, super tough. Yeah, Uh, it it was and um now i i forgot to say that when i got out of the hospital i danced two days after that at the work study show yeah i did uh because i was working before before maybe yeah i i i was gonna choreograph a dance on a friend um and then something happened and I was like, Oh, I'm going to have to dance. And I was like, but I'm not dancing. How am I going to do this? So I realized I'm going to dance according to my possibilities. Mm -hmm. So I came up with this dance, very ritualistic. And, uh, I got great feedback. I was so nervous. The day of the show, I was like, oh, my God, when I saw you guys' pieces, when I saw your piece, that's one of my favorite pieces ever. Oh, thank you. Um, I was like, oh, my God, my piece is nothing compared to the other work study pieces. (laughs) Uh, But at the end, people liked it because it was like so different. And it was it was so interesting watching your feet. Like, that sounds really weird without any context. <laughs> to everyone who doesn't know what your dance looks like, I sound creepy. But yeah. so, it's like, it was interesting. And, like, a lot of people said that about your piece. Like, it was super interesting. And they were like this. Yeah. Like, and I yeah. think it was powerful because it was, like, literally how I was, how I was feeling that day. Um, I spend three days at the hospital and it was it was hard but it was also like life-changing and uh making the decision of like be at the show and not being at my best it was like 
it was something that I, I was I was really happy that I did it afterwards because um, it was something for me. It was I think this, the description of the dance was like a process of healing. Um, so it was yeah. it was mine. <laughs> it was truly mine. It was it was yeah. for me, and it was to show people that even even like you're if you're not feeling at your best, you can still move you know um so mainly i danced on the floor <laughs> but yeah. I, I enjoyed it <laughs> good i'm glad it was super interesting yeah. super ch- and the water no one knows what i'm talking about and the water <laughs> and the water we, we don't have visuals i'm not that advanced um but yeah it was a great piece it was a super interesting piece i got go- i got good feedback from your piece so hopefully those people talk to you too i was like yeah. did you tell her <laughs> i was like you should tell her yeah um, yeah so they yeah did. Uh, there's a video, so maybe yeah. someday we can we can sh- share the link. Everything I don't have, I don't have, I don't have it yet. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm I'm really glad that I went back to dance, and I didn't listen to the doctors that said that I was in the wrong profession. <laughs> Yeah, fuck that guy. What an awful person. Like, no. <laughs> boo. Boo. Um, okay, so we're we're nearing the end of this. And okay. The top th- three things you want to say to people suffering from chronic pain. It can be a summary of what you said, or it can be new things you haven't said, but top three pieces of advice for people with chronic pain. Mm. Speak up, get help. There's a lot of places. You don't even have to go somewhere. And mostly right now that we can go out, you could just look for, there are a lot of resources are out there and um, know who your strong support is, friends, sisters, um, coworkers, or people close to you. Um, and healthy habits, <laughs> food, food is like medicine. Um, so I think what you eat makes a lot of difference also on how you feel mentally and physically. Yeah. It's so. like chemicals. Everything's yeah. like a chemical reaction. It's like mm-hmm. inflammation is real and there are definitely foods that will cause more inflammation. That's just how it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think those are my main things. Yay! Oh my god, Lily, thank you so much for talking. Like honestly, like you are such an inspiration. And I am so happy for you that like you have like started dancing again and then like you've always made it work that's the thing like that's crazy you've always made it work like and sometimes making it work meant like you had to take a break and stuff but like you're back and like that's the thing mm-hmm. and I feel like that's just a testament to how strong of a person you are like you said your first thing you said was speak up and obviously you never stopped looking for things you were like not satisfied with like the bullshit answers that people gave you and like that's so hard because when you're talking to a professional you know like you automatically want to trust them because they're the professional you want to be like well this is what you're paid for like Mm -hmm. this is what you spent years of school but 
um, sometimes that isn't the right answer. And so I'm so glad and I'm so proud of you for fighting for yourself for so many years. Yes. So many years. And that's the crazy thing. And thank you so much for like speaking about it. Cause I know that's really hard too. And there's just not, people just don't know enough about chronic pain yet and how mental health is related to it, like how they're related to each other. So I really applaud you for like actually coming to talk about it like publicly, like it's hard, like even though like you're open, you know, like it's hard to like put yourself out there. Like it's like the internet, it's never going away now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's the thing, apparently someone will find things even if I delete them, apparently it's too late. Um, <laughs> But like, seriously, like you're such a strong person and it's so awesome to like have seen you like come back to class, like get into trolley dances, get flipped during trolley dances (laughs) and all that crazy stuff you guys did like on the floor and on the walls and stuff. It was amazing. And that piece was so great. And I'm so like 25 times, 25 times (laughs) in two weeks. Yes. On cement. It was not an easy piece. That was not an easy piece. It wasn't. But like. It was, I was like, yep, their bodies are beat. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is not easy. Um, so thank you so much. And I'm really so glad that you came on the show. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for thinking of me and for having this platform um, for what you do. I think it's great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. And it means a lot um, for me to have people like you everyday people like us like talk about like their lives because our stories are so important and they're so you know like they're real and this is how we get rid of the stigma like we all share our stories and the stigma yes yes and the stigma so that people don't have to freaking keep pretending that they're fine (laughs) like physically and mentally right like that's so ridiculous don't fake it till you make it Thank you again, Lily, for speaking to us about your life. You can find her dance clothing line on Instagram at Danceology Dancewear. I'll put it in the link box, description box below um, on Instagram. Chronic pain is not something that only quote unquote older people face. It's something that young people also have and keep living with. Also, I just want to say that Lily is such a professional and such a kind person, and I honestly would have never known that she had chronic pain if she didn't tell me. Chronic pain doesn't just look one way. Just because you can't see someone's pain, it doesn't mean that it's not real or they're not fighting it every freaking second of their life. Think about it. And take care of yourself so you're ready when it's your time to talk.